didn't. Greens go, hey, good to see you guys. Uh, hope that your new year is, is going well, and uh, I hope that, uh, that you are on a streak, a two-week streak now of uh, everything that you've wanted to kind of begin doing. And uh, really, this, uh, this time of the year is, is self-improvement time, right? And we kind of set our goals and, and uh, set maybe some routines that we want to do. And uh, maybe you have found yourself over the years where you're like, man, alive, why is it I, I, I start out so good and then it, it's, it's hard to keep the momentum, isn't it? But we, we love the new year, and I love the new year. We, you know, you probably have some goals, and I hope that you have some goals of what you want to accomplish in 2022. Uh, I hope that you have some personal goals of things that, that you want to accomplish, maybe uh, amount of money you want to make, maybe uh, an ideal weight you want to get to, maybe an exercise plan, maybe a spending plan. Um, maybe there's some plans business-wise you want to do. Maybe there's some... Uh, some thresholds that you want to push through uh, in 2022, and I hope that you accomplish all of those things um, as you try to assess, you know, some self-improvement. But last week, we kind of started this series of saying, if that's the only thing that you and I do, if that's the only thing that we do is, is, uh, is, is think about how can, how can I do some goals, and really it has everything to do about me. When it comes down to the root of who's going to be better off, yeah, my family's going to be better off, but I, you know, I'm going to be better off. And so I think there's a question that might be even more important than just uh, self-improvement, and we broke this disturbing question out last week of what breaks your heart? As you, as you look around the landscape of your city and the, and the town and the schools and, and, uh, and, every, and you know, everything that you've got going on and your coworkers and neighbors and, and, uh, and, and things that are going on outside of you, outside of your family, outside of your children, what is it as you look around that burdens you? What is it that breaks your heart? And, and maybe you're like, I haven't even thought about it long enough to have something break my heart, Eric. I, and so maybe, you know, that's the invitation for you out of last week is to look around and say, man, what, what is it around me that breaks my heart? And when you ask that question, you'll ask this, what, what needs to be done around me? Not just, you know, how do I make myself better, but how do I make, how do I make things around me better? And another way to ask this question, I, I love this, is at the end of your life, what would you like people to thank you for? At the end of your life, what would you like people to thank you for? Because see, if you answer that question, that will mean that there's something that you gave part of your life away. That it wasn't just about you. I, I have never heard anyone, no family member, no friends, at any funeral saying, I'll tell you what, that guy was amazing. I mean, he was phenomenal. He was able to maintain his ideal weight through his entire adult years. It was unbelievable. Never heard it. What, what do you thank people for? for? It's always something that they gave away, right? They, they, they sacrificed something. They, they gave part of their life away, and you were the beneficiary of it. 
And so at the end of your life, what would you want people to thank you for? And it's not going to have anything to do with just self-improvement and how do I make my life better. It's going to require that you give a part of your life away. It's going to require that you give some of yourself away. It's going to require some money. You're going to have to give some money away. You're going to have to give some time away. You're going to have to give part of your life away. It's going to cost you some life, which is the entire reason why we push against it, right? It's the reason we're not really excited about doing it. Because I don't know about you, but I'm all about preserving my life. We're life preservers, aren't we? In fact, you know, I would say we're life savers. Look at this. We even got some life savers. There you go, Deb, all the way in the back, right back there. Oh, you guys. Kelly, coming at you. Oh, my gosh. I think I'm just showering everybody here. We're life savers, aren't we? Everyone's like, look out, Ed, it's coming at you, Ed. Oh, my gosh. All the way back here, coming at you. We, we're lifesavers. We love to save life. I mean, we have seat belts. We have airbags. I mean, we, we got vaccines. We got, man, we got, we got mandates. We got, we got boosters and boosters and boosters. I mean, we got all kinds of stuff. We're trying to, we're trying to save our life, which is great. We are all life preservers. So this, this kind of goes against our grain. And we tend to be pretty selfish, naturally, right? And so, you know, it's easier for us to say, well, I just kind of want to cut out sugar. <laughs> you know? I, I don't really want to give my life away. I don't really want to give my time away. I don't want to give my money away. I, I don't want to do anything that's going to cost me some life. And so it's just easier to kind of, you know, do some self-improvement and call it good. So there's something that, that kind of goes against the grain, but Jesus is going to point us in a, in a much different direction. In fact, I'm just going to warn you right up front, um, I'm not just going to get up in your grill this morning. Jesus is going to get into your grill this morning, okay? So if you walk out of here completely defend, uh, you know, offended, take it up with Jesus, because uh, he, he is going to, um, the passage that we're going to look at, this is m- kind of my, my summation. If I was going to kind of, you know, put it into a, a, a uh, a synopsis, this, is, this would be it. Whoever devotes themselves to themselves will have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. So if you want to devote yourself to yourself, that's fine. You just need to know that at the end of your life, you're going to have nothing to show for yourself except yourself. So this is how Jesus said it. In Luke chapter 14, a large crowd was following Jesus, and you got to get a little bit of context of this. I don't, I don't know that we understand this. In fact, um, I, I would love it if you would read through um, the, the Gospel of Mark or maybe li- read through the Gospel of Luke, and you just highlight how many times you, you read the word crowd. 
I mean, Jesus always had large crowds following him, and he had crowds that didn't stop following him. They were just following him around because he, you know, they were, they would, he would heal people, he would feed people, and they're like, as long as you're healing and, and feeding, I'm, I'm not leaving. And so they were following him around, and, and Jesus was okay. They were kind of just, they were consuming. They were, they were following him around, but they weren't following him. And they were consuming, and Jesus was fine for them to consume for a while, and then he would turn to them. In fact, I would say, when we're going to read this, he turned on them. And he's like, I, it's fine for you to consume for a little bit, but I'm, gonna, I'm going to turn, and, and, and after, after you consume for a little while, I'm going to ask you to actually follow, not just follow me around. Now, these crowds, you got to understand, these, you know, Jesus was always healing people. And so, guess, you know, a lot of the people that were following him around were sick people, right? And, and, and diseased people. And, uh, and so, they were, they were, you know, they didn't, the, back in the first century, they, they didn't have showers like you and I have showers. So, they, they didn't smell the greatest, they didn't look the greatest. They were sick. It was almost like a zombie movie, you know? I mean, they're, co- and guess what they wanted to do to Jesus? Starts with a T. Touch him. Okay, so can you imagine, I mean, all of these sick people coming and they want to touch Jesus and Jesus kind of had his posse, his, his disciples who were just kind of trying to keep, you know, crowd control. And, uh, and so, you know, Jesus could never get away from the crowd. It's kind of like, well, get on a donkey, you know, he, he didn't have a tricked out Escalade that he could get on and zip away. He's, get on your donkey. You realize you're going as fast as the rest of the crowd, you know? I mean, this is why he hung out at the Sea of Galilee a lot, because the best way for him to get away from the crowds was to get in a boat and go out to the sea. So this large crowd, it just keeps following him around wherever he's going. And Jesus turned around and said to them, I think, I think Jesus turned on them, not just turned around to them, but this is what he says. If you don't hate, ooh, that's a really strong word. If you don't hate everyone else by comparison, your father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even your own life, otherwise you cannot be my disciple. If you don't hate, now he's not talking about the emotion of hate, okay? You read the rest of the New Testament, I mean, it is crystal clear that Jesus wants us to love others. I mean, we talk about that all the time. He's not talking about the emotion. He's talking about where, who gets to call the shots in your life? Who's Lord of your life? Who's, who's the master who's, who's calling the shots in your life. Who is it? That's what Jesus wants to bring us down to. Of saying, you know, is it your father and mother? Are your parents calling the shots? To which your teenagers are like, yes, they are. All right, if you're out of the house, mom and dad still calling the shots? Your wife, your husband, calling the shots? Are they Lord of your life? Your children, ooh, 
Time out here. Okay, we live in the United States of America. Are your children your Lord? I see this all the time. And I'm not saying they sh- you shouldn't devote time to them. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying, who's number one in your life? Who's the master of your life? Who's Lord of your life? Who's calling the shots in your life? Is it your children? Is it your siblings? No, Eric, it's, it's, it's me. I, I call the shots. And Jesus is like, yes, even you. You're the one calling the shots? You Lord of your life? If you're Lord of your life, if some of your family's Lord of your life, your children's Lord of your life, you cannot be my disciple. Which is natural because you can't be a disciple of someone who you're not allowing to call the shots. You're not allowing them to be Lord of your life. You're not allowing them to make decisions for you. You're not even, and Jesus is just saying, this is order of priority. This isn't, you know, an emotion of hating your life. This is, this is the, you know, who's most important. Who has the authority over everything else and everyone else in your life? Who is it? That's what Jesus wants to drill down to. And he's turning around to this crowd who keeps following him around, but they're not following him. They're just consuming. In our context, you're just playing church. And Jesus is saying, come on. It's it's time to quit that. See, the essence of following Jesus is self-denial not just self-improvement. It's self-denial. And Jesus really drills down in this next verse, in, in verse 27, and says, and if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Don't kid yourself. If you aren't willing to roll up your sleeves and get busy and get dirty and, and skin, and, and, and you're like, I'm not going to get in the game, Eric. Thank you very much. Nice sermon. I'm not going to give my life away. I'm not going to look for something that breaks my heart. You know what? Because it's going to cost me a little bit too much. I'm, I don't want to get in the game. I don't want to get my knees scraped. I, I don't want to get any bruises. I don't want to get hurt. You know, I... It's, you know, it's a, it's a business decision, right? I don't want to, you know, get injured in the game. And Jesus just says, if you don't carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Whew. It causes tension, doesn't it? It's like, who's number one in our life? In, an, in another place, Mark uh, writes down and says, Jesus, in another time, he says, calling the crowd to join his disciples, Jesus said, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. You you must deny yourself. In other words, you can't continue to just preserve your life. And when when Jesus is talking about it, and, and, and here's the thing, he's saying, I've got something 
better for you. It isn't, it isn't deny my, my life to where my, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose misery over everything else. No, Jesus is like, I've got something better for you. I got a deal for you, and it's better, but you're going to have to trust me. And so he says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. And he kind of explains that. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. And when he's talking about this, he's not talking about, you know, martyrdom, although I'm sure that, you know, that includes it. He's not talking about giving up your physical, you know, life or death life. He's talking about any part of your life that you are giving up. You know what? I don't feel like going over there and helping them today. I feel like staying home and doing this. I feel like preserving my life. I, like, I feel like saving my life. I don't feel like going over there and helping them. I don't feel like, you know, letting them borrow this. I don't feel like giving my money to this. I don't feel like going over there and giving my life away. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. At the end of your life, if this is the way you choose to live, it will amount to nothing. That's what Jesus is saying. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. It will come to a total sum of zero. But if you give up your life for my sake and for the sake of the, God, of the good news, you will save it. Okay, man, this is so upside down. This is, this is the thing. And, and some of you, you've tapped into this from time to time and you've experienced it and it's like, whew, that is so bizarre. It's like the more I deny myself, the more I give myself away, the, the more I don't make life all about me, the more full I am. The, 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 the more I get out of it, the, the better it is, the more satisfying it is. You would think if I just make life about me, if I, just, if I save my life and I fill my life up with me, then I would be full of me. And that would make me full. If I just... If, if I just make, you know what, this amount of money instead of this amount of money, I'll be full, right? That's what we all think, isn't it? Because, and that's why, that's why you have some goals to get up here. That's fine, but if you're thinking that's going to bring you life, you will lose it. If it's like, I want to make this amount of money because I want to go and I want to help all of these other people. I want to be able to give it away. I want to be able to serve with it. I want to be able to do other things with it. You will find it. You will save it. This, this, this dynamic is, is, is unbelievable. If you give up your life for my sake, and check this out, we miss this. And what? For the sake of the good news, for the sake of the gospel, when I tie hands and realize that God has put me on this planet 
for a purpose. And one of the primary purposes that he has put me on this planet for is to bring the good news, the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ to all of my neighbors, all of my coworkers, all of my town, all of the nation, all of the world. And the, the extent to which I engage in that will be the extent to which I will save my life, that my life will be worth it, that at the end of my life, people will line up and thank me for whatever it was that I sacrificed and gave away for these things, for other people. Not just saving my life. Now, I hope you lose some weight I, I hope that you make lots of money. I hope that you do whatever the remodel stuff is. You know, Jen and I are going to be doing some remodel in our, in our basement. I am not against any of that. Okay? I, I, I'm not against that. But if that's the only thing you're going to give your life away to, that is too small a thing to live for. And if you think that if I just get to this weight, and if I just look this way, and if I have just this many likes on Facebook, and if I have this much money, that will equal life, you will be sorely disappointed. See, to deny yourself is to say no to you so you can say yes to something bigger than you. You see, whoever devotes themselves to themselves will have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. See, at at the center of this whole discussion is this word right here, purpose. Purpose, and and, and, and I get it. I, I remember you know, younger when it was like, okay, my purpose, my purpose, I'm, I, what I just told you about if I make this much money and if I look this way and if I have this house with this, you know, accessories and, and this to drive, that will be life. That's my purpose. My purpose is to get that stuff and to look this way. And some of you got it, didn't you? And some of you didn't, but you strived for it. And you get to a place in life when you're like, okay, I'm 40 years old, and uh, I get up every morning and uh, fix breakfast for the for the. Family, I'm going a thousand miles an hour. I go to work. I, I work all day long. I'm exhausted. I come home and I'm running around. I'm basically just a taxi service for my children and uh, chasing them all over the planet. And uh, and 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 in all of this, you know, level of lifestyle that we've gotten to, I mean, it's just going out. I mean, the bills come in and come in and come in and. And then I got to fix supper, and then I'm exhausted, and, and then I got to do this other stuff to catch up on some paperwork, and then I go to bed, and then the next morning, repeat, and I do it over and over and over and over, and finally you get to a point in your life, you get to an age when you're like, is this it? 
because I'm not feeling a whole lot of purpose here. I, 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 if, if this was the purpose of my life, there's not a lot of life there. What's going on? You see, purpose, purpose is always found on the other side of the line from what's in it for me. Purpose is always find, found on the other side of the border from what's in it for me. What's comfortable for me? You want to find purpose? Call. Oh, the kingdom of God is upside down in our thinking. It's why we don't go that way. It's why we want to just preserve our life. We want to save our life. But when you engage in that, Jesus just comes along and says, if you make your life all about you, then, then life is going to escape you. If you want to have life, and, and Jesus described it as abundant life, then you need to figure out how to give your life away. And you need to understand it's going to cost you some life. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you some money. It's going to cost you in, in, in all sorts of ways. And you know what? You may not be able to accomplish everything that you wanted to accomplish. You may not be able to afford the, the one vehicle that you were really thinking. You may have to settle here because you are going to be able to give this much away to serve them over there. You may not be able to do that remodel. You may have to do this remodel because you took this portion and you gave it away. You may not be able to do all of those things because you took this amount of time to serve over here. So come on. What breaks your heart? Are you giving any of your time to that? Are, are you giving any of your money away to that? Are you giving any of your life away to that? And I don't think you should go out and start a brand new nonprofit. That, that's not what I'm saying. Who's doing something about that? Whatever it is that breaks your heart, I guarantee you someone's already working on it. Right? I mean, you look around and it's like, yeah, I mean, there's some, there's some great things that are already going on. I mean, you could just come along and say, how can I help? How, how can I help? How can I be a part? And back to specifically engaging into the good news of, of if I'm giving my life away, then I want to give my life away that's attached to something that is attached to the good news of Jesus Christ. Because that, that is the one thing that will change your life. See, Whoever devotes themselves to themselves will have nothing but themselves to show for themselves. But if you devote yourself to more than yourself, you will have more than yourself to show for yourself. And crossing, that's what I want for you. As your pastor, I, I want you to be full. I want you to experience abundant life. But come on, I've been guilty of this, and, and I feel like in some ways our church is, is, is in this rut 
of going through the motions. Some of you aren't in that rut. Some of you are in that rut. I have been in that rut before. So I'm not saying, you know, I, I understand what it is to just, you know, you get to a place where you're just like, oh, I'm just going through the motions. And it is good for someone to get up in your grill and say, come on, come on, come on. You, you need to come back and reassess. Are you giving some life away? Have you made it all about you? And to kind of have a course correction of saying, oh, because we gravitate back to this. And, and I'm telling you what, if we gravitate to this as a church, we won't accomplish anything that equals life in 2022. We'll go through the motions. Oh, we'll have some sermons and we'll sing some songs. But come on, Jesus wants so much more than that. So I want us at the end of 2022 to look back and say, oh my word, look at what God did through us. That is amazing. And did it cost us? <laughs> I guarantee you, it's going to cost us. It's going to cost you some time. It's going to cost you money. It's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me money. But you know what? I have engaged in that enough to know that's where life is. That's where purpose is found. It's not chasing all the other stuff. So come on. Would you come with me as we engage in the things that break our heart, in the things that God wants us to be involved in in our mission of seeing people meet, follow, and love Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray for the folks in the room. I pray for the people who are watching online. God, it's easy for us to be comfortable. Those online, they're just sitting in their couch, in their PJs, not costing them anything. And it's easy. And so, God, I pray that you would challenge them of how can they give their life away and engage in the mission that you have called us to. And God, for those in the room, maybe there's someone that is like, man, alive, God's just been prodding me and prodding me to, to do something, and it, you know, I just feel like I, I'm, just, I'm just one person. I'm not resourced. I, I, I don't know really anybody. But you just keep prodding them. So God, I pray for that person that you would give them the courage to figure out of saying, how, how can I engage? Because, you know, God is relentless on me. And, and I realize, man, I'm going to step into something that I'm so uncomfortable doing and and I'm going to have to just say, God, I need you, Jesus. I, I surrender to you. I, I'm going to make you the ultimate authority in my life. And Jesus, you call the shots. I'm not calling the shots anymore. I'm not prioritizing anyone else above you. Jesus, you're first. So what, it is, what is it 
that you're calling me to do. I pray that you would make that clear to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Crossing. And how are you today? You doing great? Good. We are too. Um, ouch. Yeah. A that bit. hurt? A little, little bit. bit? You know, it's funny though because um, the very thing that Eric was talking about is something that just through this week I've started to be convicted over. Yeah. And um, honestly, because I was, I've been praying about what breaks my heart. But, but what has been more the recurring theme of this week for me was what breaks God's heart and oh, what wow. yeah. in my life. And, and I, I was realizing my chase after rest. I love to sleep. I always yeah. want to sleep. I'm on <laughs> my doesn't? phone all the time. I'm looking for food all the time. And it's like, and just like Eric was saying, the preserving of my life, I was doing that. And, like, right. and t- honestly, I think that breaks God's heart. Sure because does, we're yeah. not seeking him. Right. And um, what about you, Barry? Uh, do, have you found an answer to the question of what breaks your heart? Or even today's message about preserving your life, what was an area you were convicted well, with? Well, one of the things that convicted me was uh, that life with Jesus is messy. Yeah. You know, we sometimes we think that... Uh, when you become a Christian and everything's smooth and things go a certain direction and everything's rainbows and unicorns. Right. But life with Jesus is messy because if we, if we give our life away, it puts us in situations sometimes that are uncomfortable, that cause stress, that cause pain, uh, that break our heart. So, yeah, life with Jesus is messy. And if we're going to give our life away, that's what we can expect. And I think sometimes that's why it's so easy to preserve our life. It's so easy to, to want to stay in our box or our comfort zone. is because we know that when we step out and do what Jesus has called us to do, that it's going to be messy. And so, yeah, that's what's been convicting me is I've allowed myself to get a little bit too comfortable, mm-hmm. you know, like you were saying. And, uh, you know, I've been in ministry for 30 years, and sometimes it's real easy just to go with the flow yeah. and to avoid the things that, that cause mess. Right. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about this um, for, I think it might be a little easier for us as adults to, as we're getting older and wiser and we see where some of that is. But I was thinking back to my high school years, my early 20s, and even looking at my own children and how much, but if, if I do that, then where what's in it for me or where's, you know, like I, I watch, you know, you, you watch the sports heroes, you watch the right. actors and, and you see all of the greatness and the grandeur. Well, the only way to get that right is to just, I have to do it myself. And yeah. it's, it's hard to realize actually in giving yourself away, you, you receive more. I mean, it, it's, it's hard. I, I remember once, um, I, I looked at it this way once when like, you pointing your finger, you know, if you point, there's one, you as one person can help others, but there's three fingers pointing back at yeah. you, you know, like, like, or, or if you're going to, you know, serve, let others lift you up and serve you because if it's just you, that's one person, but if you have all the rest of the world helping you, right. I mean, you know, but, I don't. But Eric 
was right. I mean, the times that I have given my life away, the times that I have poured my life into someone else has been the richest time of my life. You know, there have been times where I'm like, oh, I'm buying a new car. I mean, this car smells good. It drives good. But then, you know, after a couple of months, you know what? It's just a car. It's just a car. But when you give your life away and and you see the difference you make in people's lives, that that right there is the most enriching thing. Uh, and I think that's what Jesus was talking about. I think that upside-down kingdom philosophy doesn't make sense to the world because it shouldn't make sense to the world right. because it's all about God. Right. But, yeah, uh, giving our life away, my goodness, if we could learn to do that, mm-hmm. then Gothenburg and Brady and all the surrounding communities would change. They sure would. Yep. Crossing, thank you for joining us. Have a blessed week, and we'll catch you next week.